Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Well, hello and welcome to an exclusive Words and Nerds podcast takeover episode. I'm so excited and I'm so pleased that you've decided to spend a few of your precious minutes of your busy day tuning in to listen to us talk about books and writers and readers, my favourite things. Um, I'm sitting tonight, well, it's night for me, on Gubby Gubby land just north of Mianjin, Brisbane. As we record, I pay my respects to the traditional custodians of this place on which I'm privileged to dwell and my respect to elders past, present and emerging. So tonight, um, I keep saying this, it's night time for us, I guess. It's literally the future wherever you are listening, so it could be be any time for anyone else. (laughs) But tonight, the spotlight for us is going to be on picture books and particularly the glorious new release, Easy Peasy, written by Kai Garvey, illustrated by Amy Kalauti and published in Australia by EK Books. Very much looking forward to this chat. Um, So I better introduce myself um, and then I'll tell you a little bit about my lovely podcast guest. So my name is Lara Kane Gray. I'm a word nerd from way back. Uh, I'm a librarian, writer and book reviewer. I regularly showcase picture books on my blog, Charming Language. And my book, um, A Grown-Up's Guide to Picture Books, will be out next year with Midnight Sun Publishing. Yay! And apart from just blatant self-promotion, I also tell you that because it's it's, um, just shows you just how much I really love picture books. It's something I'm very passionate about. And it's why I'm so pleased to be able to share um, a little bit more information with you about Kai Garvey's beautiful book, um, because I know that she is also a passionate writer and advocate for books and reading for kids. Um, so Kai, how are you tonight? How's your day? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Laura, um, and interviewing me for, for a change. Yeah, well, I'm used to being on the other side. Um, That's right. Um, We're turning the tables. I can't sit back and yet. listen. <laughs> yeah, no big... flipping tables. <laughs> no, well, the, the night's young. Let's see where we go in now. <laughs> But at the moment, it's just chatting tables because, of course, you're a podcaster yourself. Um, so let me tell you a little bit, listeners, about Kai Garvey. Um, so Kai's a mother of two boys who are both diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder and ADHD. Um, through her experiences with her boys, she's been inspired to write fun and engaging stories um, with characters who turn challenges into triumphs. And that's definitely something that we see in Easy Peasy for a couple of the characters, actually. Um, Kai aims to share supportive, inclusive, empowering stories for children. Um, Kai also writes and hosts the podcast Totally Lit, which is a monthly podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature as well. So when you've listened to all the episodes you need to of Words and Nerds, um, of course, hop on over to Totally Lit for conversations with even more amazing writers, illustrators 
and book creators. Um, so I think that's it. We've got all our introductions out of the way. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm no Danny V, obviously, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. She's irreplaceable. <laughs> she is. Do you know Danny and I share a birthday? We have the same birthday. Oh, really? There what a go. coincidence. Happy birthday to you both. <laughs> yeah, well, Even though it's not now. today, but it was recently. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there must be something in the stars, you know, for people who are as passionate about books as what we are. Mm. Um, anyway. Let's get on to talking about your incredible book. So Easy Peasy was launched at the beautiful Where the Wild Things Are bookshop um, last Saturday for us. Mm. How does it feel to have your book baby out in the world now, Kai? Um, wonderful. Like it's been a long time coming um, and sort of a childhood dream to ha- to be an author. So um, now I feel legit. I'm like, yes, there, there's <laughs> a physical book. It's got my name on it. I, I've done it. Um and so that is kind of the start of the journey now. I just want to see where what I can do next, really. So um, so it feels amazing. Um, and for all the other authors that are out there listening, they, they understand, like, it's no mean feat to get a book published. So when the, it's a reality, it's almost surreal. It's like, oh. This has happened. I, I did a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well I can see some parallels with your characters, I guess. You're getting published certainly is not easy peasy <laughs> for no. a lot of people. Um and yeah, I know that your journey has been um a long one to get here. You you know, you've been passionate about words for a long time. Um, but let's talk about the book first. I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly how cool it is and why they should be um, grabbing themselves a copy. So I've been loving seeing it sitting in bookshops and you really can't miss it because the cover's just so striking. Were you amazed when you saw it? Um, Amy just, it, she gets me. Like I really, once I saw the book, I was like, she knows exactly what I'm trying to say and what I'm envisioning. Um, so I really was thrilled at the results um and yeah that you can see it on the shelf and it just sort of leaps out at you which is amazing um and I think she I don't know if she did this or not but the feeling I get is that oh she did a little bit of a check out of my vibe and and oh. yeah used a vibe I read, stalk yeah. is that a thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did a it bit of an now. insta uh sneak around maybe um but yeah I was really pleased with how the the book actually looks um Mm. because yeah it really um taps into that um roller skating trend um you know so there's the disco ball and there's the roller ring and and the cute little duck that's there he's just gorgeous um so so yeah shall I describe the cover a bit for our listeners in case anybody hasn't seen it yet and hopefully you're out there um, googling it if you unless you're like driving and listening to this or something then definitely don't google um, but the focus on the cover is a young girl who's looking a little bit nervous and wobbly on roller skates um, she's holding hands with her dad who is looking pretty comfortable I guess on his skates and you know focused forward as he um, sort of scoots along with her and they're scooting along below a glorious big pink disco ball which really um, stands out on the front cover the colors are just so captivating they're a little bit retro definitely eye-catching so I guess that's a good way to segue into the story you know set the scene Mm -hmm. for us Kai who are these characters and what are they what's their journey Um, so Ruby gets a set of roller skates for her birthday um, and she is in love instantly with them Um, but she also thinks that she's just going to put them on and 
skate around. Um, and she finds that that's not the case, that she does actually have to learn. Um, so the first night, she loves them so much, they go to bed with her. The next day she tries skating and falls over. So the, they go in the cupboard the second night. Um, and But then she thinks hard about that how much she loves those skates and how much she would really love to ride them and that's when her dad's been hovering in the background going I can teach you I can teach you and she's going oh, go away dad um and she's just like oh, I really would like to learn dad can you teach me and that's um yeah if I tell you too much more I'll give away the ending but um yeah just learning to figure out that sometimes things are a bit harder than we think they will be and it's okay to reach out and ask for help or admit that you might be wrong um so and yeah, that it's it, a really beautiful lesson I I love the that sort of gentle moral in that uh, it's not sort of didactic at all and I love that the dad doesn't swoop in and try and take over but also that Ruby's not you know sort of helpless um but not refusing that help for the whole story either it's quite mm-hmm. unique actually quite a unique balance of roles of sort of family roles for a children's book lots of drafting and working and making getting the story right um because I did I did want to reflect the relationship I have with my dad. Like he's always been a supportive father um, and I've always been a Miss Independent, I can do it by myself kind of girl. I would, um, I would never not... have guessed that about you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's good to know that you can do things for yourself but that there's a soft place to land if if it doesn't work out because not everything works out. You know, so um, having a, a trusting relationship with your family to know that you can go back to them and say, oh, actually, I think I do need a bit of help with this and that they help. Like dad didn't go, oh, I told you so or anything like that. It was just let's go do it. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of the message I wanted to um, share. Yeah, and I know you're a skater yourself. Was this a little bit like your experience of learning to skate then? Um, I think we just did it, to be honest. I don't recall there being any issue. Um, mainly the it's placed in there for tension. Like there needed to be a reason why why was she trying to learn? Why was there an issue? Um, so it wasn't just a Ruby got skates today, she put them on and she roller skated and that's not yeah, I guess doesn't have any narrative arc so um <laughs> that, your I memory? Put that in there you were a skating I, prodigy <laughs> uh not quite I'm sure I had some tumbles my, my my main memories are just the um dad and I going to the roller skating rink together and the music playing and just the joy of just rolling around um and just yeah enjoying the exercise enjoying the music um and doing something with my dad like so um so I wanted that in there and I wanted the part where Ruby is sleeping with uh the roller skates is because my son used to sleep with his skateboard and I just wanted to put that somewhere in a story because it was so cute <laughs> I just love that and even the fact that she's called Ruby and she's got these beautiful shining you know sort of Ruby slippers mm-hmm. her sparkly shoes and um, just that idea that of the things that are precious to children, you know, it's not necessarily a teddy bear or the things that we as adults, parents or carers might assume are precious. You know, they really can find yeah. a, a rock mm. in the garden and that's the thing that they'll take 
to bed with them, for example. So I loved her connection to her roller skates. Um, I think a lot of kids will find the story really relatable in that way. Um, and for parents and carers and teachers, what I saw also in this are opportunities to extend the story. You know, if you're doing shared reading or or in the classroom, like asking kids what their different tricky hobbies might be or um, what sorts of personal challenges they might feel or, you know, or have, you know, coming up in their week. It'd be a great sort of talking point, um, this type of book, a great way to open conversation, I think. Mm. Um, I, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm absolutely still learning new skills every day. I still can't roll <laughs> skate. So, um, There's still do, things we can't do. do. Do you feel that, that this is sort of something that speaks to adults as well around kind of resilience? Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Um, I often find myself in situations where I'm like, oh, I, I can't do this. And I'm like, oh, well, you'll have to just, you, you've got to do it. So you either figure out a way to do it yourself or you need to say to someone, oh, can can you give me a bit of help with this? So that, yeah, because otherwise you just get a big knot in your tummy and feel <laughs> sick and don't sleep. And um, yeah, so it's a kind of a lesson through your whole life that when there's something that you, um, when you're facing something challenging, it's better to share it with someone and, yeah, you can get through the other side. Yeah, that's it. And the same for the dad. I feel like there's a there's a bit of learning for him as well in this story around communication and patience and stepping back. And I, I felt that um, as a parent, you know, that thing where you're trying to help teach a child to cook or something, for example, and you just desperately want to get in there and just stare at yourself yeah. because you know you'll be able to do it quicker but there's so much merit in letting them slowly do it um, themselves. Did you have some sort of parenting experiences along those lines as well that you brought um, to this? There's definitely sometimes an element of um, when you're trying to get the kids to do something and you're like, oh, it's just easier if I do it myself. Like, um, but it certainly isn't teaching them any lessons if if you do that so um sometimes it might be like if you've been waiting for the rubbish to be taken out you just patiently wait until it gets done or you know rather than oh still there I'll do it now um because all you're doing is making work for yourself as well but um, I'm certainly not an expert at parenting um (laughs) I don't but, think any um, of us I've learned to, to pick my battles at times it's like oh well if they're going to learn how to do it I just have to step back and let them do it rather than um taking control and doing it myself yeah I think that's a lovely message from this book and yeah something a good reminder for all of us um but of course I shouldn't keep putting the emphasis on lessons because you know picture books don't have to be about big lessons they can also just be about fun and I think there's plenty of fun in this story as well especially in the illustrations um uh there's a lot of I guess visual opportunities for visual exploration I would say um Mm -hmm. going on in the in the images here the duck for example um or or Ruby's hair famous what are your what are your famous little little uh you know easter eggs or you know things for people to explore in the backgrounds of the illustrations now that you've spent oh, so much so time with it. there's so many little, like there's a little avocado skating around and um, Dad's got his glass with the celery in it, which I'm like, oh, is that a Bloody Mary? <laughs> well, uh, this is, that, you know, controversy, clickbait headline. Yeah, when I was at the launch um, last week, there was a group of us standing around chatting about the scene. So there's a, a beautiful scene for those who haven't read it yet where Dad's patiently sitting at the table 
the little duck who pops up as a as a little extra kind of character through the story is also sitting there having a sandwich and dad's got a glass um, with a celery stick popping out the top um, and all of us growing ups were standing around at the launch sort of debating what dad was drinking and um, yes. you know it was half <laughs> of us were team juice fast and the other half were team bloody mary and we decided <laughs> it probably said more about us than it did about dad <laughs> which one really <laughs> picked. Was some of those um, things deliberate little treats for the grown-up readers? Um, that there is all Amy's magic. So, um, yeah, I don't. Um, I'm kind of amazed what she brought to life in the book. Like in terms of where the words are there, and she's just visualised this amazing world. Um, and I've gone, oh my goodness, I cannot believe. This is what it's turned into. Um, but when I sat down to write the first draft, I, I sat down at my laptop and I closed my eyes and I took myself back to little Kylie all those years ago. And it was like, what were the things that I loved? What were the things that I enjoyed? And that's how the skating story came together. And then just to add those extra layers with the illustrations, just so... I can write with the words what I feel it, I was feeling in my heart with when I used to love skating, but then to see it brought out to life on the page as well, like, oh, wow, this is great. So um, if they don't get it from the story, they certainly get it from the illustrations, all, all that fun. Yeah, there's lots of fun and a beautiful sort of vintage colour scheme as well that sort of celebrates the tradition of, of the roller disco, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Um I love that you've drawn on some of your real life experiences um, from skating here and, and brought a little bit of your daughter and, and parenting um, self into Ruby's journey, although it's definitely Ruby's unique story. Um, I thought you might like to chat a little bit about your journey as a writer. Um, this is your first picture book, but I know that you've been writing mm. for a long time. Um, so when did you first think about wanting to become a published author? Was that little Kylie at home <laughs> with her disco um... roller skates who wanted to be a writer? All, all my life I've gone, oh, I'd like to write, but I, like all, all other writers, it's like, oh, that's not a real job, you can't do that. Um, and I sort of found myself working in a bank uh, for a while um, and I was having my kids and I was like, oh, this is not working for me. I'm not quite, this. I'm not the right fit for what I'm trying to do. Um so I, I, at the time I thought I would become a teacher and so I just I'd um, enrolled in my Bachelor of Arts degree and I sort of did that while the boy, boys were little so I, I sort of had them on my knee while I was typing assignments or reading novels and things like that um, and I just kept chipping away at the degree while I was working full-time and the marks I was getting the best results in with the creative writing subjects when I was doing those. And I was like, oh, there might be something in this. Maybe I should try. Um, and then so when I graduated, I started doing a bit of um, volunteer work. I interned at the Brisbane Writers Festival um, and also at ArtsLink Arts Queensland. Um, and started chatting to authors that were already on the journey and I'm sort of going oh I these people are just like me they they wanted to write and they did it that's how you become a writer okay 
Yeah, who knew so that just writing I, stuff is what makes you, you know, start your writing That's journey. it. Once, once I figured out, oh, okay, write something, and that is how you become a writer. So um, I started then dabbling with entering competitions and started getting some good results. Um, so I came third in the Hunter Writers' Centre Grieve um, competition and was in their anthology in 2017. Um, and then I won the Carers Queensland Writers competition. So that was exciting because it got presented to me by Jean Kitson, the, the comedian. And Very I also had to exciting. give a speech in front of about 200 people, which was terrifying for me at the time. Um, so that was um, interesting to see that I was putting things out into the world and getting results. Um, and so that was when I started joining like rights, right links and um, those sort of organisations and starting to connect with other writers. Um, and and what did I you say of... in your speech when you won that one? Was that a real turning point moment then, particularly to stand um, up and talk about um, your experiences? Yes. Well, it, the writing competition was why do I care? And so I wrote a piece about why I care for my sons um, and it pretty much was along the lines of, oh, why do I breathe? Why do birds sing? Like they need me, I care for them. Um, and that, so my speech was around um, advocating for them that uh, I send them out into the world every day and if they have a bad day, I, I comfort them and give them a soft place to land but I also send them out again the next day and say try again um, let's overcome some of those things that you've come up against but um, what I need the speech then finished off with what I need to do is live that in my everyday life as well so I need to teach them how to overcome those things um, so that's how I live my life and that's how I've come into podcasting and writing is that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing something that's out of my comfort zone because yeah. I do ask my boys to um, try a bit harder the next day if they've had a bad day. And sometimes um, because they have um, extra conditions that are different from other people, sometimes they have a really hard day. Um, and you feel like the cruelest person in the world sending them back out there again to go, okay, off you go again to that place that you're not liking very much. Um, but, yeah, I, I just feel that to parent you have to be, um, yeah, living it as well. So, yeah, yeah that role modelling. Sort of like, they point out to me all the time, they're like, why Why do we have to be understanding, Mum? If someone doesn't understand us, it's us. You say, oh, well, you know, just have a bit of patience with that person. They don't understand you. They're like, but why doesn't that person have the patience? Because they're mm. actually the person that doesn't have any challenges. I'm like, I know, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all need a little um, bit of patience. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but I know so, what you mean. It's that role yeah. modelling. It's so important. And, again, something that mm. comes through really clearly. Um, in easy peasy and I suspect something that you know it's going to flow through a lot of your writing that in uh, you know although you might have the most outlandish characters I can he hear the way you talk about it how close that is you know to the surface for you and how mm. meaningful that is to you you know as part of the way that you kind of exist as a creative person or what have you I mean parenting is one of the most creative things that we all have to do every day isn't oh, it constantly it. juggling so um, and all of that uh, negotiation oh, that yes. you end up 
doing that UN that level diplomacy. becomes a real <laughs> talent, the negotiation. So tell us, I know that you're not quite yet able to live off the amazing royalties from Easy Peasy. So <laughs> how do you find time to be a creative human in amongst, and I'm not going to do the cheesy, you know, as a mother thing, but, you know, I know you mm. work, you know, you have a lot of other responsibilities and you've got your podcast. Where do you fit the writing in? I think it helps being a little bit unhinged. <laughs> a little you bit crazy. It, you you um, had it first. <laughs> Maybe not um, I think for a long time I was not being my authentic self. I know that's a bit of a buzzword. Um, but I've found now my life is so different now that I'm writing and I'm podcasting and doing the things that I'm good at has changed my life. Um and part of it, I felt very lost. I was looking after two boys with special needs and I was a single mum as well. Um, and that's not a sob story in any way. It's it just, yeah, just realistically challenged. That yeah. was what life was like. Um, but I was sort of disappearing. Um, so finding who I am and doing following some of my passions has kept me sane to then be the best carer I can be for my children as well. So they get the best version of me because I'm doing all of these wacky things in the middle of the night. Or <laughs> I was going to say, you just don't sleep, that's all. <laughs> um, uh, just things get squeezed into the cracks. So something yeah. might happen in my lunch break or it might be on the couch. Yeah, I might be in the supermarket while I'm answering um questions on Facebook and, and things like that. So it just happens um, around life. Yeah. Um, and what about the podcast then? Because that takes a lot of time to prepare and create. And um... So that's a lot of sitting up till midnight um, doing the editing. So usually the um, interviews can be done. Um, I try to do them at the end of the day or at in, at night or weekends um, and then the editing usually gets done you you may notice if you listen regularly they come out on a Monday night around midnight because that's when they finish the editing <laughs> <laughs> that's bedtime <laughs> press send and go to sleep yeah yep. well, fair enough uh, well I mean that's a great podcast and I mean I think same as words and nerds you know it's it's building a community of creative people which is a beautiful thing um, is that what you find from it? What's what's the most enjoyable thing about the podcast side of life for you? Um, I like feeling like I have some control over it because um, in my daily life I, I'm caring for some boys who sometimes you don't know what day, the day is going to be like. Um, I'm also working in a job which I, I love working but also you don't get much choice. You do you do the work you're given not whereas with the podcast I've got choice about who I want to speak to and what um, messages I want to convey to the world and um, so I like having that um, I guess agency over something of my own and to go oh I created that this only exists because I thought of it so um yeah, so I like great. that part of the podcast um and just the chats with the authors like I've talked to some really interesting people and um yeah that s sort of fuels me to go oh I should be with my head down writing <laughs> yeah well I was going to ask whether it was motivating or or demotivating you know sometimes people find if they're reviewing a lot or interviewing a lot that they get a bit of that you know imposter syndrome 
Um, but on the other hand, you know, you're listening to these amazing people talk about their processes. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is. But I, I'm finding that the lesson is the same. If like if you ask people, okay, how have you done this? They will tell you exactly that. Like I sat down, I wrote it. I wrote every day. I <laughs> it, it's just a discipline, and and so that's I'm definitely learning that those successful, especially novelists, they've they've sat down and they've done the work. Yeah, there's no quick fix, is there? Not mm. and, you know, despite what people say about Chat GPT and <laughs> so on, it's not going to change. It's not going to change us, not yet. Um, so what's next for Kai Garvey? Have you? Can you give us a little hint about what you're writing next, or anything else that you've got bubbling um, away for release? I've got a or... few more manuscripts which I've been sort of submitting out to the world. Um, with the they're not similar to Easy Peasy at all. Um, although someone had said to me, oh, well, just write another one like that. Just do a formula now that you've got one. But I don't think that's how I'll operate. Um, and once again, that makes the assumption that writing children's books is easy somehow, that it yes. doesn't doesn't still take, even if there's a certain formula, it doesn't still take hours and hours of, you know, editing and redrafting. No, so, yeah, just trying to see if I can sell those other manuscripts um, and I'm trying to get an agent, which isn't easy either. Um, because sometimes, like the my best manuscript at the moment is already out, so I can't submit that as a um, to an agent. So I have to write something that's good. I think. Um, yeah. So just continuing with the podcast, which is growing crazily. Um, I'm booked in at lots of bookshops around Brisbane to do signings so I'll be promoting those on my um, socials so if anybody wants to come and say hello. Yeah would you like to um, let people know where you where to find you on socials because yeah definitely if you'd like to get a signed copy of the book um, pop out and find Kai in the wild. Yeah if you, you type in Kai Garvey into Facebook there's Kai Garvey author and also the Totally Lit Facebook page um, to keep up to date and I'm, I'm dabbling with TikTok but um, it's probably safer not to watch those videos. <laughs> <laughs> watch watch the other socials for the notification of when TikTok is you know good enough. Yeah my, my clumsy TikTok experiments but um yeah, I don't know. I, it, it all looks clumsy to me on TikTok, so I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so lots of book signings. Um, I've got a few other, um, an article came out in the um, Australian Writers' Centre newsletter today. Um, also an interview with Ken from Reading with a Chance of Tacos. So it's like I'm here, there and everywhere at the moment, which is yeah, everywhere, um, which is wonderful. wonderful to have so much support, actually. Like it's the Kidlet community is amazing. Yeah, and I think it's reciprocal because you've supported a lot of other people along the way as well and through your podcast, which is one of the lovely things about, as you say, being part of the, the Australian, certainly, Kidlet community. Um, well, that might be where we have to wrap up unfortunately it's been lovely to have a chat we see each other quite often but it's usually at networking events and things where there's not really a lot of time to <laughs> sit down hi, and actually hi. chat <laughs> um, so I just want to remind listeners to keep an eye out for easy peasy in your favorite bookshop or library it's delightful it's such a colorful celebration of resilience and learning and accepting support so congratulations again Kai um, don't forget to listen to Kai's podcast totally lit 
um, as well as catching up, of course, on all the episodes of the Incredible Words and Nerds podcast with Danny V and the other Takeover teams. And it's been certainly a privilege for me to be part of that um, amazing kind of podcast juggernaut that Danny has created um, by sharing this little She's chat amazing. with you, Thank you, Kai, for chatting to me. Um, Thank you, I'm Lara Kane Gray, and <laughs> catch you later, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye.